The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. This is the Main Street Preps podcast, covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Main Street Preps Podcast. I'm Russell Venosi, joined today by Tyler Palmatier, and we are here to talk high school football once again. Tyler, you doing all right today? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. It was a uh, an exciting week of games uh, in week three, and uh, I think we both got to see some interesting stuff last week. I was, I was there at the Summit game, uh, so I've got some takeaways from that, and then we're going to talk about... Um, briefly, our, our Main Street Preps rankings, uh, and then we also had an interview with CPA coach Ingo Martin, and we will wrap up the show uh, with some of our picks for the top games in week four. So, yeah, Tyler, I guess just to start it out here, uh, did you have any takeaways from, from week three, anything that stood out to you? Yeah, I think one thing that's I think struck my, my brain uh, was that you, know, you just can't – always can expect a first year head coach to come out and have success. Cause when I start to look at some of the teams that are, are still looking for a victory here and our area, three pretty good programs, Hillsboro, Franklin, Brentwood, they're all looking for win number one. And uh, that's, those are three first year head coaches, Anthony Brown at Hillsboro, Alex Milton at Franklin, Clint Fitch at Brentwood. And I, I, think before the year we all sort of prognosticate who's going to be good and who's you know got some guy all all three of those teams have some players and I but I was talking to an assistant football coach the other day and he said it's really hard for these I think these coaches especially with COVID because you've got to come in and build a culture and with COVID kind of it kind of shakes your ability to build a culture so those were three programs I don't think we would have all guessed would be 0-3 at this point, but as I look at it, I think it's just worth remembering how tough it is to be a first-year head coach in any situation, but this one is also just quite a bit different there. Um, uh, my, my other big takeaway was, was Ensworth's win, at 45-19 over Christian Brothers, you know, uh, and, and that's, that's about as good a win as you can expect for Ensworth at this point. Uh, they've, they're getting some good quarterback play from Levi Moore. He threw for 250 yards. Uh, Mark Smith and Charles Ingram ran for over 100 yards. And Rock Batten said that some of that is just that they're they're really good up front. Uh, they've got a they've got a good le- left tackle in Philip Gray, who's got some Division One offers. I believe Kansas was interested at one point before they went through a coaching change. So uh, that's a big win for Ensworth, uh, and I think. You, for that, that's a win they've probably been looking for for maybe a couple of years now. Uh, you know, that's a is a really quality victory for them. That's what stood out to me. Yeah, it seemed like it was only a matter of time before Innsworth was going to get it figured out with just all the talent they have. You know, they, I think they finished two and eight or something like that, two and seven last year, and that really was not indicative of of the team that they have. Um, but yeah, along, along those lines, uh, Summit, I was I saw them beat Brentwood. And of course, Brentwood, I think maybe one takeaway from that game too is, you know, Brentwood is not as, and, and you mentioned it, it's probably not as bad as it's 0-3 record looks. You know, they've, like you said, a new coach, 
Uh, they've played some really good teams in the first three weeks. I don't think it's going to be very much longer before Brentwood gets a win. It might even be this week against Henry County. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, that was Summit's first 6A game, or first game, I should say, as a member of Class 6A, and they looked good. Uh, one player in particular that stood out, and I wrote a story on about him that you can find on MainStreetPreps.com, is Brady Pierce. Everybody probably remembers him from the state championship game last year. He had a couple of touchdowns in that game. Uh, and on Friday, he had three interceptions that really kind of made the difference in the game, including one on a jump pass in the end zone that he, he knew exactly what play was coming because he had overheard uh, he'd overheard the Gators called out at the line, I guess, from Brentwood. And he, he figured that meant Tim Tebow and a jump pass was coming. So he, he was all over it. Uh, great play by him. And like I said, that story is on the line. Um, the, other, the other big thing was, I think, Tyler, we set a record for cancellations last week. Um, did you get the final number on that? I had it at 36. Uh, I think could have been a couple more. Uh, everybody's count's a little different. Uh, it's hard to, when you get up that high, it's hard to, you can easily miss a couple, but right. definitely at least 36. And then you also get into territory like this week, like there's some canceled, well, there's at least one canceled game, CAK canceled on Good Pasture just because they're trying to make up one of their region games. So we're, we're probably also going to have some, some games that were some non-region games wiped off the books that have nothing to do with COVID, but just because of all the switching and swapping that's going on, there's going to be some games lost there too. But uh, knock on wood, it's we're recording this on Wednesday morning. There haven't been nearly as many cancellations this week. I'm not sure if that's just a product of teams getting a later start, um, maybe not practicing Monday, uh, not being in the office Monday, but um, we'll cross our fingers that things are getting better there. Um, and so with that, we'll move on to our Main Street Preps top 25 rankings that were posted on Sunday. And if you haven't seen them, uh, they were pretty similar to last week. There weren't a whole lot of surprises. Um, some of the top teams were off. Um, number one, Oakland. Number two, Lipscomb Academy. Number three, CPA. Number four, Summit. And number five, Pearl Cone all remain the same. Riverdale and Pope Prep, though, got big wins. So Riverdale moved from number nine to number six. And Pope Prep went from number 10 to number seven. They both beat R- ranked teams um, last Friday. And then also Page uh, has been a pleasant surprise. They are 3-0, and and they entered the poll, um, the rankings, I should say, for the first time this season at number 20. And believe, believe it or not, they have outscored their last two opponents, Franklin and Spring Hill, by a score combined score of 75-6. to So a real impressive couple-week stretch there for the Patriots. And with that, let's get to our coach interview this week. We've got CPA's Ingle Martin. joined by CPA head football coach Ingle Martin. Ingle, how are you doing? Doing great, guys. How you guys doing? Doing well. We're doing well. Um, hey, football coaches, we know your weeks never really stop during the season. I was curious how you handle the Labor Day weekend. Is it a chance for you guys to kind of catch your breath? Do you practice on that day? Does it does it prevent any u- unique challenges having a shorter week? Uh, yeah, our, our week's pretty much the same. You know, obviously we don't have school on Monday ever on Labor Day, and so uh, we bring the kids in um, a little bit earlier, let them get their workout in, and then uh, kind of keep things going and be on schedule. So uh, from a football perspective, um, for practicing with the kids, everything's pretty much the same. The uh, The biggest change just for the, the coaches, you know, you don't have your your normal work day, and, and so you've got to just be a little bit 
more intentional with when you're going to get that time in because you know Monday is a is a big work day for for a lot of football staffs. But uh, but yeah, this this uh, this Monday I thought we had a good practice and happy to happy to be back at it. Hey, Engel, Russell Venosi here. I want to talk about this difficult non-region schedule you guys have put together, uh, especially with Brentwood Academy and NBA. Uh, you guys never played Brentwood Academy and hadn't played or haven't played NBA since 2006. Uh, what was the thinking behind scheduling those games against some of these Division II AAA teams that are right down the road that you know traditionally have uh, really strong programs? Well, I, I, you know, I haven't been doing this that long. Um, you know, this is my 11th year, and uh, when I first started coaching, um, there was uh, an incentive to win all of your non-region games. Um, your playoff seeding was highly affected by um, what what kind of schedule you had, and so. I think they called it the Virginia plan or something. And, and so if you were a, a first place or a second place team in your district or region, whatever they called it back then, um, the first tiebreaker was overall record. And so a lot of people, um, you know, had, you know, scheduling on their mind when they, they um, scheduled non-region games. And I'm not sure what year that changed, maybe uh, probably my third or fourth year that kind of switched. Um, and they went away from it to where your your non-region games had no bearing on anything in the postseason. And so uh, at that time, I think a lot of people across the state started thinking about, you know, what would be a fun matchup for our, our school and our community. And, you know, we've had, uh, we've had some really cool matchups in the past. You know, we got to play Milan a couple times in the regular season, who was, uh, you know, a big power in, in West Tennessee. We've gone down to Atlanta. And played seven A schools, Parkview and Peachtree Ridge down there, um, and you know just our, our kids have gotten to where they they really want to play the guys um, that uh, that are playing good football, and so this year was no different. Um, you know, it's it's a bit harder to to get a schedule um, sometimes than others, and this time I think the the biggest thing is if if you're willing to lose a football game, you can get your schedule made out pretty quickly, and and so. We were we were not too concerned about losing, um, you know. When you schedule those people, that's certainly a, a high probability. And, and Brentwood Academy had us beat until the last play of the game, and and so you know you just never know. But uh, really, I think it's, it's our kids that they're they're excited about it. They want to play um, these schools that are doing so well. And you know, Coach Creasy had an opening, and we we play Oakland um, at, at the back end of the schedule, and so. Should be really fun, really exciting for for our school and our community, and and I think our kids are are fired up about it. Engel, you graduated from MBA, and you had an opportunity to go against your former coach Ricky Bowers when CPA faced Innsworth a few years ago. Uh, what will it be like hosting the Big Red on Friday? Uh, I think it'll be it'll be fun. You know, there's there's been a lot of water under the bridge since 2001 for me and and for MBA. Uh, one of the guys that um, that coached me uh, just stepped down, uh, Jamie Redman, this year. He's not coaching uh, football. And so I think he was the last guy that was left that was on that staff um, when I played in 2000, my last fall. And so, um, you know, there, there's still a lot of guys that I know over there. Um, we got a ton of respect for, for Montgomery Bell Academy as a school. Um, Coach Uverard, um, he's done incredibly well everywhere he's been. But I think the coolest part about him is that he does it the right way. And, and just all the people that I know that are still over at NBA just talk about uh, just how much respect they have for him and the way that he's um, running that program. And so as a, 
as an alum, you know, I'm very proud of that. Um, proud that they're doing it the right way, and and we're excited because they're one of the best football teams in the state. Um, I think they, there's an argument that Pearl Cone and, and McCauley, who they've lost to this year, are, are two of the best teams in any classification. Um, you put them in the top ten in anyone's poll, and so. Uh, NBA's right there with them, had, had a chance to win both of those games. And, and so we know it's going to be uh, a, a game that we're going to have to play uh, our best football to, to come out ahead. CPA has a number of standout players this year, as usual. And uh, the first one we want to highlight here is senior quarterback Cade Law. He's been able to play in all three games and has played well so far after missing some of the offseason with an injury. Uh, Engel, what have, what have you seen from him so far? And has, has Cade looked fully healthy to you? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Cade – had a had a, a pretty grueling stretch at the end of the baseball season. You know, obviously our team played in as many games as you possibly could and ended up winning the state championship this year. And so, uh, you know, as a catcher, you're taking the brunt of uh, of all those games. And he caught a bunch of them. And then, you know, June, he was trying to go do camps for football. He was trying to play baseball games because he was obviously getting recruited for baseball. And so he just he just had a bunch of wear and tear. And, and that led to kind of an overuse um, type of injury in his in his foot and you know rather than have him go ahead and and do something that would be detrimental to his future you know his dad and his mom and, and some of the people that they went and saw thought it'd be good to let him rest and so he certainly got some rest um, and was you know at every practice all July and tried to try to be as engaged as you can when you're not practicing but um, the one thing about Kate is the, the kid loves to compete um, and he doesn't care what it is. He, he wants the ball in his hands, and he wants to go try to make a play, um, whether that's baseball hitting, you know, uh, being behind the plate on, when there's a runner on third and, and he, that's the tying run or whatever. You know, the, the kid wants to be in that moment. And so um, for us, man, he, he's just been incredible. Pretty cool to watch a uh, three-year starter coming into his senior year. You can just tell how comfortable he is with it. The game, I think, has really slowed down for him, and, um, you know, we've got uh, a good group around him. You know, any any quarterback will tell you that the most important thing is, is the guys that you got around you. And, and Cade's no different. He knows that he's got a really good offensive line and a good group of running backs and receivers to to kind of complement what he does well. Kind of along those lines, Engel, uh, Junior Dawson Marrero had a big game last week going for over 100 yards. How important is it to have a guy like that when you're when you're trying to keep running backs fresh during a long season? Yeah, you know, Dawson's been a kid that's, uh, that's definitely kind of paid his dues. You know, last year he was getting a lot of reps on our scout team, and, and that's sometimes not very fun because you're getting hit by our starting defense every play. And and he showed us a ton um, with those reps on scout team last year. He showed us that he's uh, a kid that can compete, um, that knows how to run with power, knows how to make cuts, knows how to make people miss, and – and just uh, really done a great job in the offseason. But, um, yeah, I think Dawson, uh, really proud of him. Um, you know, we're not surprised by any kind of output that he has because, he's, you know, he's been doing that for a long time here. And uh, just excited that, that, that he was able to make some plays and uh, get a chance to, to feel some of that success. And so much of your offense, obviously, revolves around running the ball out of that brigade with Dawson, with Langston Patterson. Uh, but it, it seems like it'd be helpful, too, to have a vertical threat to kind of keep the defenses honest. And it, it looks like in the first couple of weeks you've had somebody emerge uh, in that regard, junior receiver London Humphreys. That's not a name I had seen before, but he's already got 12 catches for about 200 yards through the first three games. Uh, what have you made of, of his emergence so far? 
Well, you know, London uh, is a phenomenal athlete, um, you know, state qualifier in about 10 events in track, uh, was an integral part of our baseball team as well in the spring, you know, a kid that can stand underneath the rim and jump up and hit his head on it almost um, on a basketball court. So just very gifted kid. And uh, Brian Epps, who coaches our receivers, uh, he and London have, have formed a, a really good re- relationship. And, you know, the 2020 COVID year was a little weird. You know, we didn't get to be around a lot of the kids in the spring. And so that's a lot of times when kids that aren't sure if they're going to play, they kind of make decisions. And I think for him, you know, uh, I think he thought, uh, baseball and basketball might be the way that he goes. He really didn't have a, uh, a fun freshman year, and that's my fault because we had a bunch of games canceled. And so football's fun, and if you like to compete, you like to play. And he didn't get a lot of chances to compete and play. And so that, that sophomore year, he, he hadn't been on a football field. And so this year, uh, decided to come out, um, was, again, playing baseball all summer, got to us um, – about midway through July and, and really has just uh, shown a, a ton of potential. And, and I think the cool thing about London is, you know, he just wants to be a, a, a part of the team and wants to do whatever he can to, to, to help us out. And so we've got Reed Williford and Anderson Kale, who are two senior receivers that, um, you know, have played a lot of football for us. And, and I think with, with those three guys, we've got three legitimate vertical threats, guys that have experience, guys that are, uh, athletic, and then you know you've got one with with really uh, top level speed in London that um, you know it's just hard to cover speed in football. I mean anybody that watched Alabama this weekend, you saw that that speed um, speed helps you win games, and uh, and so London definitely uh, has a, has a great spot for us, and, and we're excited to watch his his emergence over the course of this year. Ingle, you've got such a good grasp as as I think a lot of good coaches do of your personnel and who your players are, what, what sports they play, even what they're good at other sports. I find that pretty interesting. And kind of along those lines, you have an NFL background, you transition into high school coaching, Phillip rivers and and Trent Dilfer, obviously a couple guys who've done the same thing recently. What are, what are some of the joys of high school coaching that people might not understand? Well, I I think the, the biggest thing is, um, there, there. I can't say nobody gets into high school coaching for for fame um, and for notoriety, but most people get into high school coaching because they want to help kids. Um, and so, I, I think that's the the biggest thing for me is that um, you know, it, especially at our, our at our school where um, you know there is a uh, a strong um, foundation built on you know our faith. And so, for me, it was a it was a calling, you know, to come and and be a part of these kids' lives and use the gifts that God's given me to, to be able to help these boys that I've been fortunate enough to coach to, to see who they can become, you know. And, and that, to me, is what high school football is all about. And it's not, not about their athletic ability or athletic, um, you know, success. That, that's actually the, uh, the, probably the least important part of my job, um, I think for me that the most important thing was I was on a lot of different teams, played a lot of different sports, and the the number one theme of those teams was that we're going to prepare you all as if you were a professional athlete. Um, and I think here at CPA we get the the opportunity to push in the complete opposite direction, which is maybe one out of our hundred kids this year will have a chance of playing pro sports. So we're going to treat them all like they're going to be husbands and fathers and, and people that are. Uh, contributing members to our society. Um, and so what does that look like? It looks like, you know, hey, we're going to spend time 
on things of importance that, um, yeah, we want to block and tackle and all that kind of stuff, but we actually want to use the adversity, use the success, use the, the real life situations that come up through sports to teach about life. Um, you know, I think a lot of people get trapped in thinking that their high school years or their high school football experience is as good as life gets. And, and we really push against that. And, um, you know, just had a talk with a kid this week. Life is a lot better after high school. You know, there's a whole lot cooler things to look forward to, like watching your, your wife walk down the aisle or the birth of a firstborn child. I mean, that, those are all so much more important than um, catching a pass on third down, you know. And so I think at CPA, we just have really been given some leeway to be able to, to really um, use sports to teach about the rest of life, where a lot of times it's vice versa. You know, hey, we're going to do everything we can to make you be a, a college athlete or a pro athlete, and that's what gives you life. And, and I just disagree with that wholeheartedly. And, and I think um, a lot of guys that get into high school coaching are doing it for that reason. You know, hey, this is a calling. I want to be here. I enjoy being around the kids, and I really want to help these kids reach whatever potential they have as, as not just athletes but as men and as um, people that can contribute in a meaningful way to, to our communities. And, and that's really, to me, what, what makes high school football and high school athletics really special. Great stuff, Mingle. Great insight. Um, hey, thanks for joining us today, and, uh, and, and good luck to you uh, on Friday. Yeah, thank, thank you guys, and, and thank you all so much for, for always thinking about high schools and, and high school sports. We really appreciate it. Anytime. That's Ingle Martin, CPA head football coach. All right, Tyler, let's talk about some of the biggest week four matchups. Um, right off the bat, we've got NBA at CPA, just like we talked about with Ingle. Um, Tyler, what are your thoughts on, on that matchup? Well, we we were talking, Russell, kind of off to the side, you and I earlier. I think this is a really tough game to pick because I think NBA is, is due for a win. CPA probably is due for a loss, especially when you kind of consider that they, they escaped Brentwood Academy with a goal line stand. So that being said, I've got CPA 21-20. I, I think, uh, let's say by a, a Langston-Patterson late run that puts them ahead. I think their defense will be too much for NBA. Uh, you know, NBA's nothing's, you know, they're, they're obviously going to be fine no matter what. They've played a brutal schedule, but uh, CPA continues its its own success against what's a very difficult non-region schedule for them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm going CPA 24, NBA 21. I've already used my CPA loss tokens for the year and uh, got shut out on those, trying to pick Independence and Brentwood Academy to beat them. And, of course, CPA won both of those games. I think with NBA, too, uh, Tyler, something to think about is something I've noticed, at least, is that things are never as bad or as good as they seem in week one. You know, after that week one shellacking that NBA gave Ravenwood, I kind of you know, I moved them way up in the poll. Um, we, we thought, man, NBA is going to be a world beater. And not to say that they aren't, but now they've lost a couple games in a row. Ravenwood, on the other hand, has won a couple games in a row. And so, you know, week one, teams are trying to figure things out, and it just looks like some time needed to pass for things to kind of level out because that week one result probably wasn't um, the best indicator of how the rest of the season is going to go. It's true. So next up, we got Nolansville at Innsworth. Uh, 
Tyler, you mentioned Innsworth there at the top and some of their success these past couple weeks. Um, they've been airing it out quite a bit. Like you said, with Levi Moore, he's been finding Shamar Porter and Jacob Page for, for touchdowns and a bunch of yardage. Um, Nolensville started out the season 0-2, but they bounced back last week to beat Hin- uh, to beat Lincoln County. Um, but despite that, I, I've got a side with Innsworth here. I've got them taking this one 40-20. I have sort of almost by strategy so I can keep up with uh, our, our picking contest. I saw a lot of people picking Ensworth, so uh, I, but I also believe in Nolensville. So I'm picking Nolensville 31-30 in kind of a what I guess you could consider maybe an upset. Uh, I think Colby Walton's had a pretty good season so far and uh, Nolensville is probably due itself for a big win like this. Ensworth maybe gets caught I don't know, flying a little bit too high after last week's win. So I'm going to pick Nolansville in this one, 31-30. All right. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> I think without a doubt, there will be plenty of points scored in that one and, and probably a lot of passing yards too. So next up is East Nashville at Hillsboro. Uh, Tyler, what about that one? Yeah, I like East Nashville. Hillsboro is going to probably figure it out at some point and get a win. This is a decent opportunity, but I've got East Nashville 28-21. They've, they've just got a few a few more different ways to score uh, and, and and kind of, you know, they returned a punt for a touchdown last week and their, and their win at Stratford put up 41 points. And they're just showing a little bit more of a, an ability to score points at this juncture. So 28-21 East Nashville. I'm going to roll the dice here and say that Hillsborough gets its first win of the season and its first win in its new stadium, uh, 24-21. Um, obviously, they're 0-3 and they've they've struggled in their games, but um, I don't know. Just feel like Hillsborough going 0-4 it seems, I don't know, it just seems wrong. So I'll stand I'll stand behind that one. And if I'm wrong, well, so be it. You'll learn. You'll learn from me that I'm big on the law of averages. I think, I, I think if a team starts 0 4, the chances are pretty good that they are not going to beat start 0 5. But you never know. So I, I do not. I mean, I do not disparage you for that pick. And lastly, how about Blackman at Summit? I, I talked a decent deal about Summit earlier. Um, they got that big win over Brentwood to start the region play. Now they get Blackman, a team that's coming off a 49-18 loss to Riverdale. I'm not sure that any of us expected that game to get that out of hand, but uh, I believe Blackman threw like six interceptions. So that got kind of ugly there at the end. Um, but regardless, I think Summit Summit's the better team here, and I've got them taking this one 35-17. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I, I'm I'm picking Summit 42-22. Their their offense is impressive and it's and it's run very well. Um, the Wade Twins, obviously, um, and then you mentioned Brady Pierce. They've got they've got more, way more than just the Wades. They have they have guys, glue guys, as as you call them. You know, you need those guys to win state championships. Uh, Summit's going to be too much for Blackman. 42-22. All right, well, there are our initial picks, and you can see the rest of those by Friday morning on MainStreetPreps.com. Our staff-wide picks for the top 10 games in the area. We'll have those posted. Uh, thanks again for everybody to everybody that tuned in. We hope you enjoyed the, the picks and the, the Ingle Martin interview and the takeaways and everything else we talked about today. And we'll be right back here next week with another episode. So enjoy your Friday night wherever you're heading, and uh, thanks again. You've been listening to the Main Street Preps Podcast, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee, with your hosts, Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier.
For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.